Drawn and Paneled is the comic book showcase podcast from Gen X Grown Up. Every Wednesday, we bring you news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary on the comic books we love from the golden age to the modern age. We love to hear from our podcast listeners, so write to us at podcast at drawnandpaneled.com. And if you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to support us by becoming one of our patrons at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Welcome back, Drawn and Panel podcast listener, to this, our back issue edition of our podcast. With me, as always, today is Jason. Hey, everybody. And John is here. Hello. And in this back issue, with Avengers Endgame fresh in everyone's mind, we take a look at the next chapter of the Infinity Gauntlet, the 1992 miniseries Infinity War from Marvel creative team Jim Starlin and Ron Lim. Guys, but first... (laughs) (laughs) Now how much would you pay? (laughs) We have some listener email once again, and this time, John, it comes from somebody you know. From my buddy. It does. MC Murr. MC Murr is an awesome YouTube creator. If you guys haven't checked out his stuff, go to YouTube, type in MC Murr. That's E-M-C-W-E-M-U-R. Check out all his wonderful stuff. He has some great stuff on video games, nostalgia pieces, modern pieces, everything. I love MC Murr stuff. It's really good. And he's a, and a good all around dude, email. too. Oh, he is. He's an absolutely awesome guy. He sent us a really cool email. He says, MC Murr here. We have a history with Craven in this household. As those of you will remember, we talked about Craven's last hunt. That's right. In a recent back issue edition of the Drawn and Panel podcast. The Spider Man hunt thing? Is that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man okay. yes. and Craven is like the big game hunter guy right. with right. the le- leopard thing that impersonated him. Yep, that guy. Um, he says, I have a big action figure of Craven that Molly, Molly is his daughter, found and started playing with when she was little. I explained who he was when. We would play with the toys together in her room. Craven would try to hunt her stuffed animals down for furs. <laughs> of course, he was comically unsuccessful. Molly would binge watch the Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends series on Netflix. I believe it dated originally back to 1982. Murr is correct. Craven appeared on an episode or two, and she thought it was so neat that he was a villain she identified with. I still have a copy of Amazing Spider-Man 294 where Craven offs himself at the end. Ooh. Spoiler! What? Spoiler alert! Spoiler. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading that at a very young age and thinking how heavy-duty that was. This was a cool podcast episode that brought back Cravenish memories. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, MC Murr. You have good taste in comics and villains. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely does. And you're raising your daughter right. <laughs> no doubt about that, right? I mean, MC Murr, he's just top notch. We love him here at Gen X Grown Up and Drawn and Paneled. I mean, I can't say enough good things about the guy. So, Murr, thank you very much for that listener email. And keep them coming, guys. We need tons of listener email so that we can gush and wax poetically about all our wonderful relationships out there in the podcast universe. With that, let's jump into the episode right after this. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Hey there, Drawn and Panel podcast listener. I want to take just a second to tell you about something you didn't know you were missing. 
I'm John, and along with Mo, hey everybody, and George, hey, how's it going, guys? We are Gen X Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up is a website, YouTube channel, and audio podcast by and for Generation Xers, kids of the late 70s and early 80s who may have grown older but have refused to grow up. Every week on our podcast, we cover media, games, tech, toys, comics, games, and pop culture of yesterday and today through the eyes of guys who grew up loving that stuff. And every other week, we do a backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic from our youth and dig in deep. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts or find us right on our website at genxgrownup.com. If you're a Generation Xer or know someone who is, I hope you'll check out Gen X Grown Up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. You know that I believe in giving credit where credit is due. So but I think before we talk about the content of the Infinity War, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about the people who made it happen. Absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. what we do here at Drawn and Panel. We give a lot of credit to those people mm-hmm. who create the wonderful stories and fantasies that we all loved growing up as children and now as adults. And the first one is a big name in the comic book industry, the writer Jim Starlin. That's Jason, right. Jason, this guy is like, he might be, I don't know if he's Mount Rushmore comic guy, but mm-hmm. he's pretty damn close. He He's close. He's a, he's He's a big one for sure, and he's known mostly for big space opera type stories. He created some of these characters, or at least co-created some of them that are in this book, right? I mean, Thanos, mm-hmm. that was one of his guys, right? Yes, Drax. We also have Gamora, one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. from Marvel. Uh, Shang-Chi, the master of Kung Fu. John, you know that guy, right? Uh, No. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I thought you did. <laughs> but thanks for giving me credit for knowing something. I tried. You know, I'm trying to bring you in, you, you know, see, if you can't pick up on it, that's no, not I, right. I know Shang Tsung, okay. he's a character in Mortal Kombat, is that? Uh, oh, that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. was. You know, you beat me about the head so often with that character <laughs> that I probably <laughs> just have a mental block, right? About, which it actually is. Yeah, Shang Chi's <laughs> a little bit, I threw that one in there because it's a little bit different. We think of Jim Starlin with cosmic stuff, but Shang Chi is definitely not cosmic, but. No, no. But he may he's have like, a movie coming out soon, so. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, there's, interesting. There's rumors, okay. yep. Now, this guy is also, he's probably won every every damn award in the book. He won the Outstanding New Talent for Shazam Awards Mm -hmm. in 1973. Uh, 2017, they even put him in the Eisner Award Hall of Fame. Yes. So that's how big this guy is. Yeah, he won a lot of awards along his career. (laughs) Yeah, and deservedly so. Is Mr. Starlin still with us? Still working? He is. Is he? he? Oh, wow. Good. Yes, and he's still working. Wow! Oh, well, go Jim Starlin. He's he's still he's still with us. I know he does a lot of conventions. Uh, mm, will sign okay. books. Um, I'm not sure what he's working on currently, but he's still you know he's still with us for sure. Well, that's one that you want to grab an autograph of if you go to a convention, mm-hmm. right? You take an Infinity Gauntlet or an Infinity War number one. That's an autograph you must have as a comic book fan. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. I go to quite a few, few conventions, and based on the price that autographs run, I think uh, getting autographs signed at cons pretty much is a full-time gig if you want it to be. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> no doubt. I, I have mean, a line around the block. People paying 100 bucks for me to scribble on a picture. Yeah. The artist on this book uh, worked on the previous book, uh, Infinity Gauntlet, Ron Lim. Now, this guy mm. is a real talent talented guy, in my opinion. Yeah. And that makes sense because it was, it was easy to tell that the artwork between these two series was mm-hmm. exactly the same person drawing. Them. Right. I, I had to go back and take a look and I was like, I think this is the same guy. Sure enough, Ron Lim, there you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, this guy, he was, 
he was apparently discovered by Marvel at a 1987 comic book convention and was hired on the spot. Yes. How great is that, right? <laughs> and he didn't take any shortcuts in this miniseries, I'll tell you that. He, he no, earned, no, he no, earned no. what he was paid on every every mm-hmm. page. Yeah, every panel, every page. I mean, this guy, he, he puts it all out there. You talked before last week's podcast, you talked about how some of the panels, like they muted the backgrounds and it was only the foreground that was a thing. Not with any of this guy's work. Not much of Everything this. Everything no. is <laughs> no. highly detailed. How dense can we pack this page? Yeah. Yeah. What else has this guy worked on, Jason? So he is probably best known for working on the Silver Surfer. Oh, okay. So for six years from 1988 to 1994, which he worked on with Jim Starlin. So they both had the background for this Infinity War book, obviously. Well, yeah. Yeah. Silver Surfer played a smaller role in this book. He did. You could tell the care that was given to him when he was drawn on the page. Mm-hmm. I can um, now I understand why that was that way because Ron Lim obviously had a soft spot in his heart since he was working on that series at the exact same time he did this series. And then we have to always talk about the tracer or I mean yes. inker. Yes. <laughs> no, they're tracers. <laughs> Kevin Smith has coined them thus. They shall always be known as the tracers. They probably wear that badge with courage and honor. This one was Al Milgram. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a 10 year run as editor of Marvel fan fair. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds cool. Okay, so Marvel Fanfare <laughs> is a really cool book from the 80s. It was basically featured um two stories uh by uh you know, different writers and artists that maybe didn't always work on those characters. So they were mostly one-shot stories. The covers of these books are really cool because you had your front cover featuring one story and then turn it over and there was another piece of art on the back reflecting what the second story was. Cute little uh, Easter egg side note. In the film Ant-Man, Scott Lang and his crew stayed at the Milgram Hotel. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool, right? Yeah. So people that know uh, their Marvel lore and creators uh, picked up on that one pretty quick. Yeah, but you got to be real, like you got to be Jason in depth to hit that one. I mean, <laughs> right. that's not something that the average comic book guy like me knows. Mm-hmm. So for, I'm I'm happy that that little Easter egg gets put. You know, that happens in a lot of Marvel films, right? They throw these little homages and Easter eggs into them. It's nice to honor the tracers, I think. Right. <laughs> then we have, as always, the colorist. Uh, Ian Laughlin worked on this book and he began his career at Marvel working on the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> oh, so the predecessor to this series. Right, okay. right. And then That's he's, quite a first assignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Oh. It's not like you start off with something like uh, Squirrel Girl or anything like that. You're <laughs> jumping right in to Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah coloring ev- like every single character. Can you imagine that? Infinity Gauntlet was so dense. Uh, John, I don't know if you ever read Infinity Gauntlet, but think of Infinity War. It was just a, like this was the predecessor. It went in mm-hmm. the same genre. I mean, Ron Lim drew every single character the same way he did in this series. So can you imagine having to take like a microscope and color in all those characters on some of those panels? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't read Infinity Gauntlet from cover to cover, but I've definitely seen some frames out. I know this looked very familiar. I'm like, oh, this looks like that one. I, I couldn't do it. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, no. And then he uh, I guess he must have been known as Mr. Infinity because he worked on every Infinity title at Marvel for five years. Well, you know, like Damn. the uh, gentleman that you talked about, John, that was like on every Shadow title. Yeah, from Mike that point forward, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, people just get, maybe it's like typecasting, but in the comic book world. Yeah, oh, well, this you know, guy does the Infinity stuff, bring him back. 
like, we got a new infinity title. Why risk it on somebody else if you already know this guy delivers? Yeah, absolutely. You know he can meet deadlines. You like his style. It was Mm -hmm. successful. Yeah, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. And of course, one of the ones that I always love to talk about are the letterers, because that's kind of the unsung hero of the comic book world. The letterers are the guys who they create all these dialogue pieces. And back in the day, they used to have to do that by hand. There were no computers, no Mm -hmm. fonts, no, I'm going to put Times New Roman 10 point in here and I'm going to use Lucidia, <laughs> Lucidia console over there. No, it was by hand. In this case, it was Jack Morelli. That's right. And he worked on Infinity Gauntlet as well. We've talked about him before. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was with Marvel a long time and did, I think, a lot of different things with Marvel. But one thing I thought was funny that he had the nickname Squid because he had worked on a fishing boat before. <laughs> How would you like to have the nickname Squid? Yeah, that's not really affectionate at all. No. Is it? There's no way to to say, hey, Squid, how you doing, buddy? No. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't want to be called Squid. I, I figure he's a letter. You're going to tell me that was like ink related, like he spilled an ink right. letter right. Squid time ink. or something. Nice. Right. Oh, right. You know, that might be. Yeah. They might've, there might have been some little there inside some thing there. That's funny. That's right. That's a, <laughs> nice. Hey. So I have a dumb letterer question for you guys. Please ask away. There are no dumb letterer questions. <laughs> well, did, <laughs> let's not jump to conclusions. Okay. You haven't heard it yet. <laughs> there are dumb colorist questions, but <laughs> not, there are not, not dumb letterer questions. <laughs> so predominantly in this book, it is uh, a bubble or a square or a box with text in Mm -hmm. it. But there are places sure. in this book where there's this giant judge guy with his head floating under a sheet, mm-hmm. and right. his words are not like that. They are like giant blocks of letters that fill the frame. Right. Mm-hmm. Are those drawn by the letterist, or are that is that part of the artwork? Because it's dialogue, but it's really like drawn into the environment. It's not like inside of a bubble. Who does that? Hmm. You know. In my opinion, we've talked to some of the people who have done this kind of work in modern age. So they're using, you know, font packs, as they call them. Sure. Right. Right. And in those cases, it's the letterer's responsibility, whether it's the big booming letters or whether it's inside the bubble. I'm going to bet I'm just guessing here. Maybe some of our listeners out there can write in and tell us. I'm going to bet that it's the letterer's responsibility for that dialogue. I'm I'm sure the dialogue was written because it had to be written by the writer. And therefore, I think it probably would have gone to the letterer to do because the letterers in themselves, you know, people don't think of them as artists, but they really are. Uh They're Mm -hmm. artists themselves. I mean, they can draw. So I think they probably did it. Okay, so whether it was dialogue in a bubble or the big giant booming voice, you think that was all the squid? Yes. And the reason why I think that is because all the kabooms and that kind of stuff, that's done by the letterer. Mm-hmm. That's letterer as well. Okay, yeah. Right. That, yeah. That, okay, that's kind of a, a, a somewhere between the two of them, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Exactly. Cool. Thank you for informing me. Right. <laughs> no problem. There's a couple of other contributors on this book also who worked on a little piece here and there. Max Scheele, Evelyn Stein, and Ken Lopez. I mean, I'm not going to go into a lot about them, but you know, we covered the main guys in this was an epic tale. Oh, when yes. you talk about comic books and you talk about mm-hmm. epic stories like Odyssey and the Iliad in novel format, this is that same class of story when it comes to comic books, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Mr. Kent. Anything I can do for you? Huh? Oh, no. No, thanks, Jimmy. Doing a follow-up on the Denali story? No, this is something else. Oh, wouldn't be anything about that airplane story, would it? All right, gentlemen, let's talk about the characters because there were quite a few in this book. There was one or two. Yeah. There yeah. were a few here and there. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, know, John, can you like name 40 or 50 per panel? John, or can you name like every character in alphabetical order? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yes, I, I, I'm going to read them, and then George will edit them into alphabetical order for me. <laughs> so yes, excited. I will. <laughs> so, before we jump into the list of uh, you, who the important characters were, so the thing that struck me was I didn't realize that in the world of the Marvel uh, comic book universe, as opposed to cinematic universe, that all of these franchises that today are kind of they have firewalls between them all bled over. Like, oh yeah, in, a Spider-Man was there, which he just recently joined the MCU, and then the X-Men mm-hmm. were there. I'm like, what the hell's the X-Men doing here? There's mm-hmm. Sony. Oh, that's not really Sony. It's actually no, it's all part Marvel. of Marvel. Yeah. So they were all in there, and I was not prepared for that. I'm like, what is he doing here? Almost in my brain, it was like he was a different, like, it was at DC? Oh, no, wait. It's just the X-Men. Right. Mm-hmm. So if no, it's everybody's in this. Yes. Yeah, it, that's what happened every so often. So it kind of really started with, um, I think the first one that I remember was Marvel Superhero Secret Wars, mm-hmm. where you saw that giant crossover of everybody thrown into one thing, right? And then they did Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, and other series like that because they saw it was popular and people like seeing all their characters in one place. But you're right that these characters already have histories. Like when you're reading Infinity War, these guys are talking to each other about stuff that's already happened between them. Mm -hmm. And you see like loyalties and distrustfulness and all this different stuff. And I think that there have been so many crossovers throughout the years that they have to have a really strong knowledge of the history of Marvel books. Whoever's writing these, like in this case, Jim Starlin, Mm -hmm. they have to really know when they're doing one of these kind of series, they have to know how all these characters are going to interact because it's not just, you know, throw the X-Men and the Avengers in a pod and they're all going to get along fine. No, they really don't like each other. Right. And you see that in these books. And since there were so few characters in this, somebody had the bright idea, hey, let's do an evil version of all of them too. Let's just just double up. Let's just do some doppelgangers, right? Yeah. Let's just take the same characters. We'll draw them with a slightly different color and an exaggerated evil looking mm-hmm. face and yep. they got now sharp, we've got sharper teeth and red eyes go <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, one of the main characters obviously that kind of fits that mold a little mm-hmm. bit but not is the magus now the magus is the evil side of adam warlock and he kind of got split out to his own thing when adam warlock first grabbed the infinity gauntlet and then rid himself of good and evil so that he wouldn't be a good or evil right. god creature and so the magus is the character that while i was reading this i nicknamed the chrome flash the chrome, the chrome flash. flash okay that's good <laughs> well, he what has- made you name him the chrome well, he's got flash. like the lightning bolt on his chest yeah. and he's also he did have that so all he's right a, he's the chrome flash but he didn't he wasn't that fast yeah. but yeah different comic book <laughs> yes. universe but that's okay <laughs> that's what he looked like i'm like i mean somebody someone's obviously done lightning bolt on the chest before why are you stealing it for the chrome flash i mean so okay well you know that kind of happened a lot in the comic book world you know people steal from each other all there's the only time, so like, many different designs i guess right yeah and you can imagine with my inability to recognize every single character at one point it looked like somebody had a design your own superhero book and they were just putting in <laughs> I'm like let's make a green girl with pointy ears let's make a <laughs> what was that post you put on Gen X Grown Ups Facebook the other day about yeah, design your own yeah, monster thing monsters, that little... you, you pick a head and a chest and a body and you you go over it with charcoal and you made a new superhero right, right. yeah it was like <laughs> so, somebody had that they they spun a wheel it was like a wheel of fortune like oh it looks like mm-hmm. we're gonna do pointy ears scales and big feet okay that's a, oh wait that's a, I've already <laughs> used those three before I'll just make the feet green this time. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So many. Yes. There were were a ton of them. Yeah. And Omegas, he's an actually pretty interesting character. I didn't know anything about him until this series when we read it for this episode, but I kind of liked his character. I kind of want to go see what else he's involved with later on. Although toward the end of this series, it doesn't look like he's going to be involved in much. Uh, They kind of get the beat down. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he pops up every now and then. Does yeah. he? Okay. I can see that. Well, another person who has a totally evil agenda most of the mm-hmm. time is Thanos. Oh, Thanos. However, in this case, what was it? Uh, Deadpool called him Ballsack Chin yeah. guy or something like that. <laughs> uh, he's actually a good guy. Yes. What the hell? Well, I, mean, I couldn't figure what was going on because I, I, the what I know the most about Avengers and uh, is the movies, and I'm like, wait, no, I thought Thanos was a bad guy, and then then we had Thanos being a good guy, except for his evil doppelganger who was a right. bad good bad guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're going to talk a lot about that stuff in the stories, but Thanos has an interesting history, doesn't he? He Jason? does. Uh, he's he's always trying to find power. He's in love with Lady Death. Yeah, that's something that, that, John, I'm not sure you're aware of because the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't really talk about that with Thanos. His whole motivation is all about pleasing Lady Death. You know, I learned about that on a previous edition of the Drawn and Paneled podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. Wow, we taught John another Otherwise, thing. I would not have known that. You're spot on. I mean, other than being the big purple grimace, Jason, what else is in his history? I mean, he's a titan, right? Yeah, he's, he's the mad titan. Uh, he's always trying to, like I said, try to get power word uh you please his girlfriend lady death which it never quite works out for pleasing lady death she always just puts up a wall to him well yeah how are you gonna please lady death i, I mean you're just gonna could, die that's the only way to please could, her. you could kill people she probably like yeah, yeah, he, well, does that too. he does he does he does that okay. too. she still doesn't like him good on him yeah <laughs> and and what one time in an an issue of Spidey that was part of the Electric Company uh, comic book. Uh, Thanos had a helicopter. So no yeah. way. Thanos had a <laughs> helicopter. Thanos copter. Yeah. <laughs> the Thanos copter. Mm-hmm. What about Adam Warlock? He is kind of the good side of the Magus, I guess. He's the original. I don't know really how to classify him. I, he's been around comics for a long yes, time. Yes, he's he's had different incarnations. I think he originally hatched out of a cocoon back in the sixties. Um, he's right. orange or gold. Uh, however, uh, it looked like it. he got a hold of the Donald Trump spray tan can a little bit, right? <laughs> he did, and he's trying to make the universe great again. And uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was a slow burn. I didn't get that at first. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's a character that I was aware of um, from uh, collecting cards in the 90s, the Marvel cards. And, the, and during the time was all about yeah, this. Yeah, like the baseball yeah, trading and, card and kind of And for thing. a couple of years, the big thing was this Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet stuff. So I thought Adam Warlock was like, oh, he must be a really good guy and stuff. But with this book and Infinity Gauntlet, he's kind of a dick. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, you think he's going to be a hero, mm-hmm. but he's not the kind of hero you would hope right. for, for sure. You've got some other characters in there. I'm going to run through them real quick, but you've got your Avengers, you've got your X-Men, you got all these type of guys. The last couple of guys that I really want to talk about, Galactus, first of all, he actually has a very talkative role in this series, which is unusual because Galactus usually, he doesn't say shit most of the time. His Herald says everything. Right. Him, right. Yeah, and he just wants to eat planets, but uh, he's trying to. Yeah. He's like, I ain't got time to talk. Right. Man, I got planets to be. Yeah, well, I guess he's trying to save the universe, so he still has that buffet out there for him. Well, yeah, he doesn't want to go hungry. No, if all of existence (laughs) is suddenly gone, you know, he's gonna get, he's gonna starve. The poor guy needs his meatballs. Definitely a different, uh, different role than I've seen him in before. Yeah, and he was. 
you know, he was a little bit vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? Yes. I mean, normally Galactic is like, everybody's like, how are we going to stop this, you know, massive being? And it takes this joint effort from all these different people usually to stop him. But hmm. in this case, there were people, you know, the Magus seemed to have his number, so right. to speak. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. And the last two guys that I want to bring up because they have a very integral part to play in the story out of left field, Kang and Dr. Oh, Doom. Oh, yeah. Now, these two guys... <laughs> I don't know what to think about them. It's, it's almost like they're the bumbling buffoons who stepped into something and got lucky, but <laughs> at the same time, they're super smart. Right. I mean, we all know Dr. Doom from Fantastic mm -hmm. Four. He's their iconic bad guy for that series, always trying to grab power and control everything. What about Kang the Conqueror, though? Is he just kind of a mirror image of Dr. Doom? Don't let Kang hear you say that. Uh, he. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. He is a time traveling bad guy. He's primarily an okay. Avengers villain, but he travels in time and causes all kinds of chaos and villain. And he really likes purple and green. He definitely likes purple and green. That's his, you know, on that monster creator board thing that John has. <laughs> the, you those only two need pencils, two crayons. They're worn way down when you're coloring <laughs> him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to find out all about that right after this. In the space of the past two weeks, Kent, one of the most remote, least known airports in the country, six brand new transport planes have come down and flamed. What? All of them? Every single one, Mr. Kent. Oh, what's the answer? Well, that's what we'd like to find out. Gentlemen, it's time to delve into the story of Infinity War. This is a six-issue miniseries from 1992, mm -hmm. and it feels like it took me until 2012 <laughs> to finish reading it. It didn't feel mini. It felt maxi. No. Yes. Was, yes, it was absolutely, it had a maxi it, feel to it. You are absolutely right about that. John, favorite part of the story? Um, toward the end, uh, it, it ended, which was really it ended. Ended. a key wow. part for me. <laughs> <laughs> as i felt the end coming it was getting better and better and i don't mean to be too flip about it i will say up front this book was not i am not the target audience for infinity war for okay, several reasons that, that i can dig into as we kind of get into the story it, it, it felt it, we talked a little bit in the previous episode about a book we read that was always cranked up to 11 mm -hmm. and this mm -hmm. this miniseries was like that it was yeah. always somebody is bigger and badder and everything is terrible oh yeah well it's terrible and plus your your head's on fire oh yeah my but head's wait, on fire there's more <laughs> there's an earthquake oh shit. It's, it kept getting more the stakes kept getting ratcheted up and i never you could never breathe yeah, that's mm -hmm. a good point, right? I mean, and even though they tried to introduce some some slower moments in it here and there and some, you know, some little moments between different characters, you're right. It felt like it was just breakneck pace speed the entire thing. And I, yeah, it felt daunting. Like when I read the first issue, I was like, there's no way I'm going to finish all six issues in right. time for this podcast. <laughs> I honestly, I didn't think I was going to finish it all, but I did enjoy the doppelganger. Those were the coolest little things thrown in there. I thought those were so neat. I couldn't keep them straight at first. I wasn't sure which Thanos I was right. looking at sometimes, yeah. you know, because the, they were the drawn Thanos exactly the same. The Thanos one was hard to tell apart. I don't know if he had a just a lighter shade of orange on his helmet or what, but the, the rest were definitely yeah, it easier was, to tell. 
tell. Yeah, I could really only tell Thanos as to whether he was hanging out with the Avengers or hanging mm-hmm. out with Chrome Flash. That's the only right. way I could tell yeah, the difference right. between them. <laughs> yeah, I even tried to count the lines on his ball section, <laughs> and they were the exact same every wow. time. So it's like rings on a tree. You're trying to tell his age. <laughs> so, you, you know, know it was like those. You know, like you get those two pictures side by side. You try and find the differences between them. Right. Nah, there were no differences here, but there was quite a bit of differences in different people's various quests for power in this series. What'd you guys think about all the different, I'm going to be God. I'm no, I'm going to be God. No, I'm going to be God. What'd you guys think about all that? Was there too much, too little? Did it flow together? Well, yeah, well I'll start. And, I mean, I think I'm pretty well established on record that I think it was too much, but again, okay. that's from the standpoint it's too much for me because I was already dealing with who the hell are all these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And then on top yep. of that, there were, un, you mentioned expectations of, you know, how do people behave around each other? I don't have that baggage on the back end. And, uh, you know, Jason, you were dinging me a few episodes ago about the shadow, how the, the book we talked about just threw you in the middle of it and didn't tell you who these people yeah. were. And so, so I had some, some Jason deja vu in this one where I thought, <laughs> I, I see how he feels. Who the hell are all these oh, guys? Yeah. I'm supposed to understand. No, it. no, I, I, yeah. I totally agree with you. And even having read Infinity Gauntlet and then read this one, I was like, wait, am I missing something? Was there something else that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, went in there? But I think, you know, there was some other series that like the Adam Warlock had a series that maybe, you know, filled in a couple blanks and that sort of thing. There might have been, but there weren't even a lot of footnotes no. in this. Like when we read Infinity Gauntlet, there was footnote after right. footnote after footnote. This was in Spider-Man number mm-hmm. 182 and this was in, you yeah. know, X-Men number 37 or whatever. There was tons of footnotes. In this one, there was like maybe six footnotes in the entire six issue series of references for other books. And mm-hmm. the none of the quest for powers were any of those references really. It I felt kind of lost. I was like, well, damn, just just everybody want the Infinity Gauntlet? Why don't we just <laughs> right. like put them up on an assembly line, make a whole bunch of them? I've seen them in the Marvel Superhero Store at, down at <laughs> right. Disney in Orlando. I can go get yes. everybody one right now and we can solve this whole fight thing easily. We'll do it like when your ball team wins the championship. It's like, it's your week with the trophy. It's your week with the trophy. Right. You know, we'll just pass it around. <laughs> right. Who's God this week? Yep. I was kind of tired of the power. Like everybody was almost a cackling madman, you know, when they were talking about mm-hmm. becoming a god. It was a little exhausting. At least, though, that did lead us to some unlikely allies. We talked a little bit about it earlier with Thanos joining mm-hmm. the good guys, and you had Doom and Kang kind of on their you know, their quest right. for power, so to speak. I mean, I, I guess that part was kind of neat and interesting, but I didn't see anything revolutionary in their interactions. Like, there was nothing that said, oh, these two guys are, oh, that's a really cool storyline. Like, we saw that in Infinity right. Gauntlet. I, I guess I keep going back to the fact that this felt like a, a cheaper imitation of Infinity Gauntlet yes, for me. Yes, yes. Um, I did like a couple of the team-ups. I liked Galactus realizing he needed a mage, so he got Doctor Strange. Yeah. That was cool. And then um, Thanos and Adam Warlock, they kind of, you know, just kind of quipped or sniped at each other like an old married couple. That mm-hmm. was that was entertaining mm-hmm. at yeah. times. But there just wasn't enough of it, though. And how are you going to carry that feeling throughout six issues mm-hmm. of a very densely written Mm -hmm. story. I mean, we've talked about that a little bit. Jim Starlin, he, I guess he decided to look at the dictionary. Okay, there's 5,000 words on this page, throwing them all in this book, right? Here we go. (laughs) I don't care what sentences they make. Let's just throw 5,000 words at the page. And this series also had a lot of tie-ins where I don't think Infinity Gauntlet did. So there was Mm. probably stuff that was picked up in another, you know, an issue of Avengers or Captain America or, you know, Silver Surfer 
Surf or something like that, that you probably would have to read every single thing. And so I don't you know, think this, I would want to do that. I, I don't either. <laughs> I yeah. mean, this was enough. Like I said yes. earlier, I was worried I was going to finish these six issues. May I ask you guys a Marvel philosophical question as it pertains to Infinity War? Ask away, okay. sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I have found as a non-comic book person, most entertaining about the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I don't see in DC is, and what I've later read is kind of what sets them apart, is that the superheroes aren't super. They are flawed. They are people that mm-hmm. have everyday problems. Uh, yep. I mean, you know, you get your, you know, Spider-Man is like an obvious, you know, he's a kid trying to get through high school kind of thing, but they all have their own little quirks and they're dealing with interpersonal issues and stuff. Right. And this book, I didn't feel any of that. Everyone yeah. was just, I am a demigod. I am a super superhero and none of their personalities came through. They were all just so busy trying to swing their dicks around and prove who's going to be God that right. I, I don't care mm-hmm. about them as people. I was just, well, when's the war going to end is what I'm waiting for. Did, did I miss something or is just is that well, in this book or it, did that come later? No, I, I think you're right. And it mostly stems around the fact that the focal point was not on those flawed characters. I mean, in issue number one, you saw it, I think it was issue one or two, where they're about to blow up the Fantastic Four's headquarters. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the Hulk is getting tired of waiting around for everybody. Yes. You could see his rage building up, even though he's supposed to be Bruce Banner's mind at this point in the history of Marvel Comics. Right. You know, and still be the Hulk. But you could kind of see a little bit of those personality quirks pop up there. But that was it. For all the rest of the series, there was nothing else in there. And I think it's because essentially, just like in Infinity Gauntlet, Earth's mightiest heroes were pretty much useless throughout this whole book. They were like yes. the rank and file. They just, you guys fight mm-hmm. amongst yourselves while the, the main four or five plot guys, they'll handle the, right. the fight for being a god, right? I guess they, they had some bad experience in the past with Thanos and Adam Warlock, so they weren't really trying to listen to them and then would just rush off and, uh, you know, get into some more trouble. And I don't know, it was it was hard for me to to just sit there and read the, the heroes. I mean, they, well, they didn't do have, a whole you lot. You could have done some personality quirks to John's point. You could have done that. We yes. saw that in the film Avengers Infinity War. We saw right. Thanos at the very end of that film. You know, he's got that mm-hmm. heartfelt moment where he's like, I've accomplished my goal. And he's right. sitting there looking out over his farm. Right. Or yeah. the and moment where he grabs Gamora as a young child at first and he's teaching and showing her how to balance the blade on his finger. Mm-hmm. You know, there's little right. human moments. Right. In that mm-hmm. none of that comes across anything like that in this book. And they could have done it. They had some moments where they drew Thanos's farm at the beginning and at the end. They, they could have done some mm-hmm. stuff there. They did. Well, one other odd little thing I noticed is uh, I don't think I saw a single not a superhero character. And, oh, good point. And like oh, yeah. Everybody's a superhero. Person, right? right, right. What did Dash say in The Incredibles? When everybody's special, nobody's special. Nobody's yeah. special. And so yeah, everybody a was point. a freaking superhero. And so basically everybody is average. And it, it, you mm-hmm. had to take, I didn't even know what the giant lady with the all the universe inside of her at the very, very end was right. infinity yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. It took like a super, super, superhero to stand <laughs> out beyond the regular superheroes who were just average at this point because you didn't see any regular people. How are you super well, if everybody's super? They had to break that volume knob, right? You were yeah, talking yeah. about them staying at 11 yeah. all the time. They had to go to 12 yes, somehow. Craig, 13. Like 13 and a half. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If you, know, you, if you turn it down a little five, bit more. Yeah, turn it down to five Let's, once in a while. So 11's means something. 
Yeah, I mean, every now and then they just showed a couple of panels of like people becoming zombies. And just like you faces. Know, the mind thing. Yeah. But that was it. There yep. was no, right. like, you never saw Mary Jane, Aunt May, that you would There normally- were maybe three panels right. that said, oh, and by the way, people exist somewere. Back to the crazy Right. <laughs> well, you know, this might have been the start of just the, the big comic book events in the 90s that just like every summer or even just during the year where, you know, there was a period in the 90s where everything was extreme and you had muscles on top of muscles and you know that's uh, the 90s you know revealing yeah, revealing <laughs> revealing almost clothing. like the Mountain Dew Doritos era right of comic books extreme you know just step into a slim gym <laughs> I know we have a lot of topics to talk about in the story segment here but mm-hmm. I don't think we really need to I think we're all in pretty much agreement that while <laughs> there was there was a story here that I don't mm-hmm. think it hit home in the way that it could have like and it kind of did with Infinity Gauntlet really it goes back to Marvel Superhero Secret Wars you look at that book there are yeah. human moments in that book there Absolutely. are characters who are broken there are average everyday people that they meet on the battle world that end up influencing the outcome. You don't see any of that in any of this. So you don't have any buy-in to the story because it doesn't it doesn't feel like it it's affecting for you. Right. Yeah. It, and it's all taking right. place out in space somewhere. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's outer space. Mm-hmm. But as long as my favorite heroes come home, I'll be fine. And it, it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not invested because it's all too big to even matter to me. Out on the wing. Good thing it's dark. I wouldn't want Jimmy to see his friend Clark Kent take a header into space as Superman, which is just what he's going to do. Out we go. Out and back. Faster. Faster. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you're enjoying what we do, help us keep the lights on by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. And we love to hear from our podcast listeners, so please write to us at podcast at drawnandpaneled.com. And that will wrap it up for this, the back issue edition of the Drawn and Paneled podcast. Gentlemen, before we get out of here, I got one quick question for you guys. Mm. I know I'm springing it on you last minute, but I want to know, what was your favorite character from the Infinity War? Go, John. Ooh, I'm I'm under the gun. Uh, So... Uh, all right. So the shadow is not in this one, so I can't say the shadow. The shadow's not yes, in this one. No, no you can't sorry. use that and character. I, I didn't care for the chrome flash, so I'm going to go with, uh, there's there's this little short like guy that's always cracking jokes. And oh, yeah. Pip. Pip. Okay, yes, Pip. He was my favorite in the, in the, like, I didn't learn much about him. I didn't get to see much, but he was the one who was providing a little levity throughout the thing. Mm-hmm, so sure, whenever he was yep. there, it was like, oh, I might get a little breath because he's going to crack a joke. And I can go, <laughs> so yeah, so Pip, Pip was the, probably the one I most enjoyed. Jason, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Thanos. Um, I, I'm a, I'm okay. a big Thanos fan. I, I liked his role in this and I did like that, you know, somebody said, Thanos, why are you helping us uh, save the universe? And he said, well, it's my universe too. George, what about you? Back at you, favorite character. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, What's your question? Hmm. You should be prepared. I know, right? <laughs> I should have been prepared. Um, I think I'm going to go with Ron Lim. <laughs> Ron the Lim. artist. Wow. Yeah, he was the artist. He's your favorite character? <laughs> he had a really I mean, small part in this one. <laughs> he did have a small part in this one. No, I mean, I don't know. I 
there was nobody really to latch on to. I can't say I really enjoyed any of the characters. Maybe Kang and Doctor mm-hmm. Doom for their whole little, you know, their excellent adventure yes. quest that they went on. I mean, maybe <laughs> those two guys, because at least they were outside the norm of the story. So I'll go with Kang and Doctor Doom. Before we get out of here, I want to take a quick moment to thank all of our wonderful patrons over on Patreon slash Gen X Grown Up. That is you, Stubaka, Will, Jessica, Dana, T2, Thomas, Slowmo, Corey, Agile, Stian, and Marcus. Thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. And I mean thank this you. honestly. I say it every episode from the bottom of my heart. Sending us just a couple of bucks every single month to help us keep the lights on here at Gen X Grown Up and Drawn and Panel. We couldn't do what we're doing without your support. And that's the truth. That is a collection of top-notch human beings you just listed. Now those guys I would take into a battle of an Infinity War proportion any day of the week. Yep. We will be back in two weeks with another back issue edition of our podcast and next week with our regular edition of the Drawn and Panel podcast. Until then, Jason, thank you so much for being here. Uh, My pleasure. John, always happy to have you on the show now. Yep, appreciate you. And we will see you guys next time. See you guys later. Bye-bye now. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the gww.com. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend, and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts.